Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. Well, howdy, howdy, everybody. Guess what? You just found another episode of the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Awesome. (laughs) This is the second part of the creation of the Mead Hall. So we're doing a series, a three-part series, and this just happens to be part two. The first part was Genesis of an Idea, and you can go back if you want. Do it. Don't do it. I don't know. I'm not your dad. But you can go back and listen to the first episode and hear the the genesis of the idea, how the idea came about to create this Mead Hall in downtown Flagstaff. This episode, however, is going to be all about the build-out. So it's going to be hammers and city permits and all that kind of stuff. So I sat down with Evan again, co-owner of Drinking Horn Meadery, to talk about all the ins and outs of the build-out process. And that is still going on right now. So there, in part three, could be some more to this. If you haven't subscribed already, please hit that subscribe button. It's really easy to do, but it does a huge favor for us in getting us out in front of other people. Now, we start this episode out with some some freestyle rapping, some beatboxing. It's just our style. We never promised that this wouldn't be a crazy, fun, wacky, weird, sometimes eyebrow-lifting kind of meatcast. That's what it is, so I just wanted to warn you. But you know where that skip forward button is, 30 seconds. If you want to tap that, fine. I mean, I'll cry just a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> so um, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, I think we talked about a lot of great stuff, and I will stop jabbering because uh, I want you guys to get right into it. So thanks again. Peace. Someday he will make my Thanksgiving day. I put him in a big, big old oven. Then I'm gonna eat him with some forks and loving. Stuffing, 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 stuffing. another episode of the drinking horn mead cast i hope you enjoyed that i think they did i think so i mean who wouldn't enjoy that i don't know you threw some woo in there yeah i mean I, we went from sesame street to woo to woo what it's well, a normal transition you know what they say normal. they say wu-tang is for the children yeah so yeah yeah oh i wish we could talk about current events the whole <laughs> sesame street thing that's going on right now it's crazy but, yeah Um, All right. The whole world's gone crazy. The whole world has gone crazy, including us, because we are drinking some delicious mead. I don't know what's crazy about that. Maybe the time of day we're recording. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, it's 8.30 a.m. No, Actually, that's whatever. 8.45. You and I both know. It's plenty late. There's no limit on time for for drinking. No. There's good ideas and bad ideas. Truth. You could make a bad idea. 
bonk. Way to be a good podcast host, Nick, and punch the freaking microphone. Uh, there can be bad ideas at 8.30 in the morning to drink. There can be bad ideas at 11.30 p.m. to drink. Like tequila sunrise. That's a bad idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, bad idea is I forgot to turn on the camera. So um, why don't you tell a little story about a man named Ted while I get going? Well, so I first met Ted in the middle of a rainstorm back in 1997. The night was dark. The clouds were hanging low over the streets with the yellow light reflecting off the wet pavement. I saw him. I walked by. Didn't say anything. And then he fell off a cliff and died. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got the camera going. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh, do you like oh, that? Oh, no, no. Oh, I don't yeah. like that noise at all. Yeah. <laughs> Take that twist tie off of there. Um, Why is right, there twist ties on everything We've I We've lost own. everybody but uh, two listeners now. <laughs> the twist tie My fans. mom and your mom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. As so long what as we, we got two. Yes. Then, then it's worth it. Yeah. All this is worth it. <laughs> all right. Say hi to the camera. Hi, camera. Hi, camera. Hi, camera. Uh, what are we drinking? We're drinking plain traditional mead. I say plain because it just uh, has honey, yeast, water. It's the only ingredients that go into it. No sulfites, no fruit, no herbs, no spices, none of that chaos. Just honey, yeast, water. Nice little orange blossom honey that uh, leaves a little citrus flavor as well as a little bit of floral going on in there. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. So if any of you guys out there enjoy traditional mead from Drinking Horn or traditional mead from anywhere else, I hope you might be sipping on that right now. Unless you're listening to this while driving. Yeah, then we hope you're not sipping on it. Yeah, we hope you're chugging it. Yeah. <laughs> get, get rid of the evidence. Oh, God, did we just... Did I just condone drinking and driving? And throw the bottle out the window. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. None of the views by Nick are actual views of Drinking Horn and should not be taken seriously. Nor are my views. Oh, yeah, or that yeah. guy. Or this one. Cool. So we're here to talk. We should get into what we're going to talk probably, about. Probably. That was quite the intro. Yeah, that was. Uh, we're talking about the the creation of the Mead Hall. So yeah. this is part two of the Mead Hall creation. In part one, if you haven't listened to it, you can go back. I think they're pretty separate, but you can go back and listen to the genesis of an idea. It was how the whole idea started. Evan told us about um, all, went all the way back actually to the beginning of this meadery here on Grant Street and how the focus started to move a little bit, maybe not even focus, but some of the ideas started to expand into tap room, tasting room, and eventually the meat hall. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that in the last episode, had a lot of good laughs, some, some good talk about that. We learned a lot. We learned, we laughed, we cried. I just cried because I smashed my funny bone. Um, <laughs> and so now part two is going to be about the build out process. Um, yeah. Construction, so I think I'm maybe calling it like paint hammers and honey. Or something I like, like that. I like paint hammers and honey. Yeah, yeah, not all mixed together. <coughs> Edit point. Cool. <laughs> um, so uh, let's just start off with the the building itself. So can you explain a little bit about the building, like where it at, where it is, and some of the history? Yeah. So this is one of the coolest things. It's right on Route 66. Ow! The historic Route 66. Um, and it's an extremely old building. It was uh, the, the folks that currently own it. Um, it was like his great-grandmother that actually built the building. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Maury? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And so, uh, like, she actually built it. Like, it's uh, somewhere 100, 120-ish old, depending on how you look at which parts She was and that stuff. old and building buildings? Still? No. Oh, my gosh. That would be oh. awesome. I mean, I'm going to be, like, 180 and still, like... 
back doing backflips, but <laughs> yeah, of sure of it. <laughs> I've treated my body so well. Yeah, so it was it was it was Maury's family that built it way back in the day. Um, it used to be arranged a little bit differently. They've kind of switched around walls periodically and stuff like that. Um, but it's really really cool building. Uh, during the during some of the build out, we've been finding all kinds of interesting things in the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> old Schlitz bottles and stuff like that, and uh, old Pepsi bottles that still have like a, the cardboard, or not cardboard, cork. the uh, the cork, yeah, the cork top in there on the crown cap. Yeah, pretty nifty. <laughs> There's like old milk cartons from like a Flagstaff dairy. I don't even, I don't even know when that closed down. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we could dig up some of that history. Yeah, um, yeah, we should. A little bit. That's another. That's another episode. Stay tuned for another episode of the Meadcast, where we talk about really exciting stuff like the history of milk production in Flagstaff. Weird shit found in the ceiling. <laughs> that now that's a better title. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this old building, super old, and it's funny. I I told myself I was like seeing the hassle that other people have trying to renovate historic buildings. I was like, I'm never going to do that. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> Cause it's a lot of extra work and a lot of extra money, extra fees on every single permit that you have to get. Cause like in downtown Flagstaff, you have to have permits to paint your sign and permits to build and permits to demo and permits for everything. So uh, it, it, it being a historic building definitely, definitely complicates those kind of things as well as like, there's always stuff in certain historic buildings, like, all right, you can't touch this here ceiling this is historic and uh it's kind of interesting we label things as historic just because they were built during a certain time and like man those materials might have just been all that was available there's nothing fancy to them <laughs> so you've you've gotten all these permits that you're you've had to to put through um do you have a number in your head of how many permits it oh actually was i think i think somewhere in the realm of seven right now Cause you have to get like, uh, you have to get new business license, you know, either that, or if, if you have a nice government, local government, then you can just add it on to a website and it's real super simple. Or if you're in Flagstaff, they make it as difficult as possible <laughs> you have to fill out lots of paperwork, send it in in paper copies and multiples of eight or something like that. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. And then you have that, you have County health licenses, you have business licenses, we have the alcohol license. Um, and then all the building permits. And so you have sign permits to change signs. You have building permits to build, demolition permits, so you can get started on demo. So that's a, that's a handful. That's a lot of paperwork. Business is always a lot of paperwork, though, it seems like. like yeah. Especially in this day and age, no matter what you're doing, there's, there's a ton of paperwork involved. And you just have to figure out processes of how to take care of it all and how to find stuff. Get real good at using your, your local resources, people that have already been through these kind of things before. It's always helpful to, to reach out to folks and get a helping hand. The worst they can say is no, you might as well reach out. Yeah, and I think most people are perfectly willing to, to help out. And that's something I think the people listening to this would be interested to know is that when you are starting a business, you a lot of times you, you might have it in your head, like, all I'm going to do is just, you know, make meat and people will buy it. And like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. I don't even make the meat anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you, you run it, you turn into a, uh, you know, yeah, a paperwork factory in a sense yeah um not there's way more that, that obviously that that you do run around delivering and, and crazy stuff like that but you have needed to create or recreate yourself in say like charlie you know back there um, making the mead and <clears throat> do that so that you can focus on these other things so i wanted to talk a little bit about the historic or uh, not historic but the the sign permit because 
You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't just do your own thing and just slap your own sign up there. No, not at all. It takes two separate permits for to get the sign permit. You have to go through the Historic Preservation Commission or whatever, and then you have to go through the, the City of Flagstaff Sign Permitting Committee. And uh, so the landowners there took off the, the old facade that was the, the previous business that they had had up there um, to get down to the historic facade on the front. Facade is a word I had to learn. So if you don't know what it is, go Google it or use your own search engine of favorite choice. Um, <clears throat> Bing? Is there something at Yahoo? Oh, I hate Bing. It's terrible. Anyway, uh, so when the, they took off that facade, there was a Joe's place was what was there before the the saddle shop. Um, so, I mean, that was 80 years ago, something like that. At least, I mean, the previous folks were in there for hmm, almost 60 years, something like that. I mean, this place didn't even have a water heater when we got into it. It was mm. a little on the rough side. <laughs> um, so they uncovered, you know, they took off the facade. They have this big Joe's Place sign, which is far beyond, like, Flagstaff downtown has limits on how big of a sign you can have. And it's in relation, I believe, to the amount of your storefront that faces the street. <laughs> Something, some sort of equation like that. <laughs> and so this yeah. sign is way bigger than they would normally allow, but they're allowing us to do like this ghost sign thing where we leave up some of the, the white background that was already up there for Joe's Place and put our Mead Hall with our uh, company's logos, with Drinking Horns logos on uh, either side of Mead Hall, which was kind of, a, I mean, kind of an interesting choice too. I mean, we decided to name it like, you know how simple we try to be around here with our simple meads and our simple ideals, I guess, um, is calling it, you know, it'd be like, it'd be like starting a restaurant and calling it restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's mead hall. But, uh, but you know, when you're the first, you can, you can get away with a few things like that. There's no others in town yet. So, so yeah. we're safe, safe. I didn't know what a mead hall, I didn't know there was such thing as a mead hall. And so that's a cool little education point and it's gonna be point blank right up there. Boom up in the mm -hmm. on the top they're they're community places you know they're community places which i think is something we touched on before briefly um we actually got invited to a wedding some folks had bought some of our mead for a, a wedding and we got invited to it my wife and i and i was like well, that's that's kind of weird like uh it's a little awkward for me i'm just like oh hi everyone i'm the guy that sells the mead that's me <laughs> um and they're some of my favorite customers for sure but i was just it was like it was a little strange and then i guess uh the bride-to-be came into the tap room here one day, and uh, she had had her, her pastor had bailed on her. Uh, she didn't have anybody to serve, so on and so forth. And just talking about it here in the tap room, she found a, a couple of guys, one of our employees and another guy, to help her out for the day and make sure everything got through and finished all right. And so it was really cool to see that, like, that it really is a community space, you know. And come on in, share some news, see what you need, see what somebody else needs. That's, that's what we want it to be. Nice. Awesome. Nice. That's a great way of thinking about it going in. Not just a place to, you know, sell your, sell your hooch, right? but a, a place for people to come in and, and talk and yeah. figure things out. I, that's one good thing I like to see in, you know, say breweries or whatever is people coming in and having little meetings, you know, they, mm -hmm. they sit down, they grab a beer or in this case a mead and they talk over some paperwork that they need right. to, to talk over. Better, better talk through it in the first two meads, otherwise you're going to forget all that stuff. <laughs> Very true, yeah. And speaking of sitting down in your place in the mead hall, when you first looked at the building, can you kind of walk us through figuring out how to set it up, like the, 
the planning and the the layout of the place. Shots in the dark. So it's, uh, I mean, it really is like we looked at a lot of other bars and tried to kind of figure out what sort of a flow you need to have between people using dishwasher or using the triple sink and serving and using the register and tried to come up with a space that was both like efficient as well as look good you know so you had to kind of you got to hit both those <laughs> did you have someone designing with you or was it just you and kelly uh kelly and i pretty much had the design of it we had to use architect of course um architect a good architect is worth it uh, especially when trying to get plans through any sort of city government or local government definitely want to have all those fancy blueprints and so they helped us with it but a lot of it was you know they're like all right where do you want this and you get to kind of like oh, okay and try to think through all these things really really fast like the lighting we're currently still kind of going through it with the lighting because it's like all right we we can say on a plan what we think it's going to look like and then we can get some light bulbs and see what we think it's going to look like but until you get everything up in there it's going to be hard to tell like exactly what are your needs for stuff so you have to also like plan on going back <laughs> it's not a once through and done it's going to be a work in progress for a while even after it's open yeah and that's got to be a slightly nerve-wracking <clears throat> i would think to not know and make a decision yeah yeah absolutely but like we found in, in business we end up in small business we end up doing this a lot where it's like all right especially with this where there's no like preset blueprint on how to go about getting to where we want to go you just sometimes you have to just kind of you take an educated guess really and just sort of see it's a sort of and and plan on change plan on that pivot just like we did here with wanting to do wholesale and then it was like all right retail might you know also work out and then pivoting again into the mead hall and just you have to be able to be flexible with your idea because it's not about what you want it's about like how to make the business function you know if we were only going to make meads that evan liked to drink <laughs> we'd only have one flavor and everyone else would cry about it and i wouldn't care but it, it's all about it's all about catering to everyone everybody's got a very very different palate so in this business like that's what we're shooting for is trying to to reach as many palates as we possibly can with a wide variety of flavors and you just have to be be willing to pivot to to make that work yeah, and and to balance that with, I'm thinking about how the meat hall will look and what you and Kelly want it to look like, and then getting ideas from other people. You can't just take everybody's idea and, and make it work. No. Um, and then there's some that are probably, you know, I don't know, terrible ideas. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there is a balance. You know, someone doesn't come in here and say, I want a habanero spinach carrot peppercorn mead and you're like no <laughs> but then someone might you know might take some ideas off that anyway what i'm what i'm basically getting at is yeah you balance what you want with what other people want and to build in flexibility i think is really hard to do yeah but after running a business for as long as you do a, a small business you're kind of already ready to do that like even if you didn't build in the flexibility like it could have been you're still going to make it happen because yeah. you're used to just making it happen. Pretty much, <laughs> Oh, right? those tables aren't going to work there, and those are too high or too big. Oh, well, we're going to build some new tables. And it becomes almost not even, I mean, it's always a big deal to redo stuff. But you're like, yeah, okay, 
it's not surprising let's, me. You're let's not figure it out. Yeah, let's figure right? it out. Yeah. That was, I think, one of the best pieces of advice that I got with the small business stuff before I started. And I think about it a lot still is like, you're going to run into walls all the time. You're going to have problems with whatever. And like, all right, if you can't make it through the wall, like one way, try another way. Can you, can you, can you climb over it? Can you dig under it? Can you walk around it? Can you blow it up? Can you drive a truck through it? Like, I don't know. Whatever you need to try, you do. You end up trying it because it's just when it comes down to owning a small business, there's there's no one to uh, blame anything else on but yourself, basically. So you got to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, and you seldom have the ability to not make it work. No, like you have to get around that wall somehow, and so you can't just you know say like, well, that didn't work. I guess we're gonna leave that for later. No, you got you got to yeah. take, take care of it. Our next wall possibly not being able to get glass because of the coronavirus shutting down oh, shipping that's a big pivot that's a huge pivot that's not even a pivot it's, it's in the back like, of my head it's like a, a bit parkour like, american ninja warrior jump over crazy things. oh yeah no that's the reality though right of like the small <laughs> i have no idea wow what that was. but i want to watch ninja warrior now oh yeah love it but uh no yes. it, it is it's like one of the you know how's that going to affect things like i have a i have a probably slightly irrational fear right now that I'm like, well, we're going to get the meat hall open just in time for a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Like, which, you know, it's not all about me, but like, it's uh it's definitely a fear in the back of your head. You just got to try to think through possibilities. Yeah. We were just having that discussion last night. Uh, my roommate Casey works for, uh, well, one of his clients is giant bikes and a lot of their stuff comes from China. And yep. so they're, having to, they're already making plans for pulling back on, you know, sales and releases and all these, you know, things. And so, and then also I think, um, what was the store? Oh, Peace Surplus was talking about taking some of the gear that specifically they know comes from China and taking it off the sale rack and putting it back and like kind of, you know, hoarding it in a sense. So, you know, it's, it's being cautious. It's not being fearful. I don't think not yet. Um, but it's, it's crazy. It's, it's funny that our struggles are not with the health issue of coronavirus, but with other issues that are affected by it. Right. (laughs) You know, you know what my son was calling the coronavirus? What's that? It's, uh, I almost forgot. Oh, the boomer virus. Oh God. (laughs) Because it only seems to be like, there's not a lot of like younger people that have died from it. Like it's mostly elderly that are dying from it. Elderly males too. (laughs) Huh? Yeah. Darn. And so he was like, it's the boomer virus. <laughs> well, if that's true, I'm just at the edge. So right? you'll I'm be okay. all right. You'll yeah. be all right. It's like 60 plus. <laughs> so that was a great talk about <laughs> the meat hall. <laughs> Good little tangent. But yeah, it's yeah having to pivot, having to move this, uh, you know, just one more thing. Coronavirus with glass. Right. Um, yeah. Just what's the next problem? How are you going to tackle it? And we just went and got a ton of bottles. A ton. 12,000. So, so more than a ton. Actually, like six or seven tons. Yeah, of glass. So <laughs> that could be a little bit of a savior for a while. Totally. It really is, right? But that's in the back of the head is like we got enough glass to last us somewhere around like four to six months, depending on how much we're doing between. Because we bottle in three different sizes. We bottle right now anyway. We bottle half liters, liters, and kegs. So it's, it's a whole mix of different things to get through. So it's, it's a little tricky. A little tricky, but um, yeah. So hopefully it lasts us long enough, but it's like, yeah, it's only four months out, but if you don't start thinking about that kind of stuff early, at least pondering it over, then you're gonna end up shooting yourself in the foot. Were there any interesting inspirations when you were designing the build out for the Mead Hall? A lot of video games. Hmm. 
Like, I mean, there's a, that's, that's what I was looking at as far as images. I don't get as much time to play video games this day and age as I would like to. But we, like, if you just Google Mead Hall and you think of, like, a, a lot of the Mead Halls that when I just picture it, when you're thinking of, like, Beowulf or something like that, right? That's probably my first interaction with, like, a Mead Hall would be reading Beowulf. And it's just this, this awesome sort of, like, a, if you took a big wooden ship and turned it upside down and turned it into a drinking hall. And that's pretty much what it's going to be, you know, this big soffit that runs down the center and then these... Uh, big posts and some big columns coming over and meeting the soffit. It's going to, it's going to look really cool in there. And the helmets, oh, uh, we're using helmets for lighting. You'll see. You'll yeah. see when you get in there. What? Just a little tiny sneak peek, huh? Just a tease. Helmets for lights. All helmets right. Helmets for lights. It's going to be awesome. Ah, that, well, that's cool. Any other little tiny sneak peeks? Uh, not yet. No. Yeah. No. Right. We're going to, we're going to leave it hidden for now. Cool. They're moving fast in there. It seems like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the when last time we we checked in, they already had the bar top, at least like the the foundation of the bar, not the bar top, but the bar. What would you call that? The, it's a pony wall. The pony wall. Yeah. Right. That I didn't, will become the bar. Yeah, it will become the bar. It's got a little bit of work still because our bar is going to end up being thirty one point five inches wide, and so I've got a little figuring to do with the pony wall there to make sure it supports everything. Hmm. But uh, but that's all right. We're gonna get through it. Yeah. Once again, just just problems to fix. And, uh, yeah, the, the tabletop's going to be, the bar top's going to be awesome. Same with the tabletops. We're, we're making them all ourselves. Yeah, it's, that's another little tidbit, but I don't yeah. think you want to give away. No, I'm not going to give away any more than that. Just yeah. you have to come in and see them. It's going to be sweet. Yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears put into this place. And uh, some of it, a good amount of it by, by you personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like to do a bit of woodwork. I'm getting a lot of help from uh, friends and uh, family that are a lot better at woodworking than I am. Just because I like it doesn't mean I'm all that great at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, measure, why? <laughs> measure twice, that's stupid. Measure right? zero. I'm not going to measure at all. I'm going to wing it. I close one eye, I can measure like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, nobody's business. No one does don't, that. Don't, no don't business let, does No that. business would want me measuring for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, a shout out to, to friends and family that are helping. Yeah, helping absolutely. Out. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a community effort. It's yeah. going to be a community place, and it's uh, going to be a community effort to get there. What do um, they say? It takes a village, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took a village to raise me, so. <laughs> yeah. The village probably <laughs> burned down. <laughs> yeah, only twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, cool. So you walk in, you want to run us through a little bit of, of what we're going to see when we walk through the doors? Yeah. I mean, not specifically because you don't want to give away things, but a like lot the setup of because wood. the downtown Flagstaff, a lot of the of the spaces are what we used to call shotgun. Like we call them shotgun bars. Yeah. Because they just go, they're like narrower and they go back pretty far. And that's exactly, it's definitely a shotgun bar for sure. So it's only, <clears throat> I think it's 18 feet wide and 60 something feet long. Oh, hey, that's yeah. my contractor right there. Cool. Right? Um, yeah, okay, so we were we left off when you were explaining. I'd asked you what, what hand you had in the building process of, of the meat hall. Mm, so I've been making tables, bar tops, bar facades. So that's like the, the finish on the front. Um... That's that's it right there for uh, now. You said you did some painting too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a lot of painting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a lot of paint. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Green. We'll do a lot of painting. I'll probably lay some tile. Hey. Huh? Yeah, I'll probably lay some tile too. Well, yeah, hands on. Yeah, 
I just don't, I don't touch electric or gas. Those are my rules. Yeah, that's probably smart. <laughs> well, that's my wife, wife's rules anyway. But, oh. you know, happy, happy wife, happy life. I follow them. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's keeping your life still here. Yeah, for real. She's put a lot of stitches in me, for sure. So. <laughs> yeah, and electrical usually stitches don't No, it's, that. it's not going to fix that. <laughs> no. Uh, well, that's good to hear you're leaving the electrical to the... Uh, professionals so <laughs> if people are wanting to get kind of involved in and thinking about creating their own business their own say like bar or something like that um it's it's something that is definitely should be out there that you're going to put a lot of of your own work into oh, well i guess small business wise it's a, it's a good idea to put all of in. your time and all of your money all right boom <laughs> <laughs> pretty much so it's a great idea to do it's a great idea <laughs> Uh, we were just discussing before we came back on the difference between creating the place and getting it licensed and permit here at the initial production facility and doing it uh, somewhere else. And so when you are creating a, a place where you're serving alcohol or creating alcohol too, you have to get an alcohol license. And in order to do that, you have to start paying rent and show that you have a space to do it, which is always been really weird to me that before you get a license to make your product you have to start paying right, right off the bat yeah, yeah in the in the negative because that that, sense. that first so you have to get three of them right you have to get a, a federal license from the ttb you have to get a state license and then you have to get a local license for your liquor licenses and like usually the state and local is one thing if they're not jerks about it yeah. but um and so for the federal one like we were paying rent before we could even start on the and they're 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 sequential you can't do them like all together so you have to do one then the other then the other because they each require a number from the previous one and uh, it took here like i don't know over a year to get our federal license it was a long time of paying yeah. rent but i was working by myself that whole time so that also made it easier we didn't we didn't have to worry about wages or anything like that it was just me living in the back <laughs> building chiller systems and stuff exactly but not even producing the alcohol yet you can't even start you can't even turn on the you know from we'll turn on the process of the creation of alcohol until you get that permit yeah but you can get everything set so so with this one was there any differences um it's it's taken a lot less time for all the permitting and stuff i mean we've had this place we started uh i guess i started paying rent like basically four months ago or so and we're hoping we can be able to open in the next like month or two so that's not too bad compared to here where it was like we didn't start getting any sort of return at all for almost two years um yeah it was a long it was a long time um so that's that's kind of nice the in this state they have like uh you can get if you're a farm winery is what they call it and you're an in-state producer, basically, they allow you to have two remote tasting rooms. So if this works out well, we have an easy-go license for another one. Because if, if you're just trying to get, like, a bar license, that's those are the ones, at least in Arizona, that it's done a limited number of them, and they're actually, like, you, you purchase it, so it is yours, and then you can sell them. So it's a, it's a commodity market for those other licenses, and they can get expensive. Yeah, absolutely, and hard to find. Yes, yeah, sometimes they come with the building and the sale, and sometimes you have to go seek them out. Yeah, it's alcohol is a lot. Like, if you want to get into a business that has a shitload of rules, get into alcohol. <laughs> there you go. There's <laughs> good advice there. Because <laughs> you have like production tax, and then you have sales tax, and you have like wholesale stuff, and excess tax or luxury tax. It's 
It's a lot of taxes. Luxury. To it. Yeah, this is luxurious. It is. Sure. It is. <laughs> Don't you feel like we're in the lap of luxury right, right now? Right in the lap. Right, yeah. right there. Oh. <laughs> in my lap. Uh oh. Oh boy. Mead kicking in with Nick and Evan again. Woohoo! Mead kicking in with Nick and Evan again. That's when we would go do some kick-ass Viking shit. Oh, yeah. I got yeah. a sword in my truck. Sweet. Okay, well, that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> you, there was something you had mentioned, uh, again, right before we came back from general contractor talk uh, about uh, laying out kind of the, the process, I think you were saying, you wanted to, to kind of talk yeah, yeah. Because you got to think about like flow and everything. Like, what are people seeing immediately when they walk in, and where are you trying to funnel people to and away from? Because you want them to, you know, you you only have a limited amount of like space to sell behind the bar, so you need to be moving people through quick enough that it that it makes sense um, and that it makes money. And so, figuring out that and figuring out placement of everything behind the bar too, I think is is pretty clutch. And we'll see if we did a good job or not. Because it's, it's that shooting in the dark kind of thing. Um, just trying to figure out, like, all right, you know, if they're serving a whole bunch or they're doing dishes, is this going to be crossing paths with whoever's doing whatever else? And, and just figuring out flow through, you know. I think uh, our bathroom placement will be interesting to kind of see the, the flow through going on there. Because um, we only have one, one entrance and exit into this place. 50-person uh, cap. Um, so it's, you know, it's a lot of people. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, you got to think about that flow. How are they getting in? How are they getting out? What are they doing while they're in there? Those are the three things right yeah. there. I wanted to throw axes, but it's amazing how fast your insurance wants to drop you when you want to have a place where they can drink and throw axes. What? That doesn't make any sense at all. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, they go hand in hand, like need in one hand, axe in the other. They go, yeah, hand in hand, hand. and then out of your hand, and yeah. then onto a piece just, of wood or something. Just make know. sure you throw the axe, not the glass of mead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need barrels. Anybody out there just want to send us some barrels? Yeah. Yeah, send them in a self-addressed stamped envelope, too. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder what we would get. <laughs> and, yeah, so speaking about the, the flow and, and serving people and where they're, <laughs> they're going to go, um, you guys are serving them mead, but what about uh, food? Any space left for any kind of food options while, while they're there? We'll have meat. Meat. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, next question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a, a meatery next door to the meat hall um, that has proper proper meats and provisions and they have some of the most amazing food ever and so we're going to be uh, serving their stuff it'll be like a it'll be like a walk-up kiosk kind of thing you know because we didn't want to do we didn't want to cook our own food there's so many great restaurants in flagstaff and like manufacturing alcohol is hard enough i think i think a restaurant is harder because you're still manufacturing it's just on a lot shorter time scale and stuff but with a lot higher maintenance but anyway yeah. so i think it's i think a restaurant is tough so we just wanted to bring in food from next door which is a, you know it's a common model too these days a lot of breweries will end up just bringing in you know whoever's close by having them walk it over or whatever and so we'll have a little kiosk for them uh, up on our bar and you can just get a mead from us and uh, order up a nice brisket sandwich from them and and make it a nice good happy day 
Uh, maybe one day we'll get a little window so that we can pass food through the window. But for now, they're just going to be walking in, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. We kind of thought about that multiple ways too. And it's always good to have a little traffic because then even if there's only one person in there ordering a sandwich, then it looks like there's that much more traffic or whatever going through. So hmm, interesting. try to work it from every angle, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting little thought there. Yeah, so Proper Meats is, is well known here, very well known, and very well known for their for their foods. Uh, yeah, they're basically... Kind of would they would they be they're are they butcher they're not really a butcher right well they they do. they are they yeah, cut they, they, right in front of you there yeah they get their own animals and cut them up right in store it's really pretty awesome because they have like that big front window on sixty six and they'll just like cut up pigs and stuff in the window it's <laughs> yeah it's pretty great yeah if you're a meat eater <laughs> if you're a meat eater if you're not you might not want to walk by that window. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll have uh, all their good food, probably do some specials, I would imagine, with them yeah. um, for different, uh, you know, sandwiches or, or maybe like the, the turkey legs. Turkey leg Tuesday. Turkey leg Tuesday. Grab, grab some mead, grab your Viking friends and sit there and gnaw on a turkey leg while slugging down some mead. Right. Drink yeah. from a horn and a leg of turkey. Uh, you are bringing the the Norse Viking culture to downtown Flagstaff. It's going to be fantastic. They had a lot of turkeys in Norway. Yeah? Yeah, lots of turkeys. No? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just we just learned about the tropical island that's north oh, yeah. of Norway. Yeah, yeah. North of Norway. North even, yeah. yeah. It's the northernmost place in the world to have palm trees able to survive. Hmm. Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and that was our Thirsty Thursday, Thirsty Thor's Day uh, drink special this past week. Yeah, um, we'll still have Thirsty Thor's Days, too. Oh, good. I was going to ask that. Yeah, because, like, here we're, we're in light industrial zoning in Flagstaff, which means as far as alcohol goes, we technically can only serve um, mead in a 1.5-ounce or 2-ounce taster. Uh, and so we've managed to make that work here for a long time, um, but we're pretty excited for the next place. Where you can do adult-sized cocktails. You can get a whole glass of it instead of just a taster. Yeah, I'm really excited about the whole ability to have cocktails on the menu all the time because these meads are great as mixers. We're going to feature two each week and keep changing them because that way it's something for your locals too. People that are coming back, you know, every week, it gets them something new, gives them a reason to come back in, as well as... uh, I just like there's so many cocktails that I don't want to have this, like, gigantic list of a 1,000 cocktails. So we're just going to feature two... Take them or leave them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be an awesome place to go hang out. It's going to be another great addition to the Flagstaff downtown and some place where you're going to get a lot of foot traffic of people who are doing, may, they may come for a, uh, say, a brewery tour and then find you guys. And then all of a sudden they've fallen in love with mead. Right. Yeah. So you, you've got a big responsibility going into downtown. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty big for us going in down there. I mean, as far as Flagstaff, you know, booze scene goes, it's, it's pretty much the biggest step you can make. So yep. it's, it'll be scary, but it'll be something entirely unique. You know, it's not another like industrial looking bar. That's like just being a bar. Like it's, it's going to be pretty Viking in there. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I know you're going to take that responsibility of showcasing a new beverage to downtown Flagstaff, and you're going to you're going to run with it, and you're going to do amazing. I can't wait to see the place. And in volume three, episode three of this Mead Hall creation, we'll be even further in, and we'll start to talk about more about atmosphere, more about drinks, more about specials, because 
by the time we do that third episode, it's going to be, it's going to be, be go time. We'll be, we'll be able to talk about the uh, mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll be, yeah. A little, a little bit of the end. We'll talk about, or like, shoulda, we coulda, like woulda, to call them learning points. Yeah. There's no mistakes. There's just op- learning opportunities. Yeah. Lots and lots of opportunities for learning. Nah, I don't think you'll have that many. You're going out well. So, all right. Well, cool. That was awesome. Uh, another one down and, uh, I hope everybody out there is enjoying drinking horn meat. And if you're listening to this while you've already visited the meat hall, I hope the future visits are are awesome and you're having a great time there and don't forget to look at all the other episodes here with the meatcast with me and evan you know the calm normal guys uh that are on your radio every day perfectly normal as you can see so cool thanks evan it's cool so he is evan anderson i am nicholas (laughs) it's cool it's cool Ah.